This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelor, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Hello, Raw Beauty community. I am so excited for today's episode. We have the one and only Becca Tilly joining us. Becca, I have been following along on your journey since you magically appeared on this little show, The Bachelor, for two seasons. (laughs) Yeah. Two seasons. (laughs) How many years ago is that now? I was talking about this the other day, and I I think the second season aired in 2016? No. An eternity. I know. February feels like an eternity ago right now. So (laughs) This is the longest effing year of our life that we are in right now. But regardless, even though it has been a few years since you've been on the show, you've been absolutely killing it. And you are the host of your own podcast, Scrubbing In with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad, which won a massive award this year, the People's Choice Award in 2018 and 2019. Yeah, yeah. Shut <laughs> the front door. Like, you I know. know what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it was the most unexpected thing. The first season, especially the first year that we got even nominated, we were up against like Oprah, Amy Schumer, Dak Shepard, like, <laughs> these massive podcasts. And we were just like, how cool that we are in the same category with these huge names. And then our scrubbing in community just showed up two years in a row and won it for us. It is a testament to the amazing work that you're doing. And I feel like your ability to let people in on your life and just to really share yourself. Yeah. It's challenging in a way because Coming fresh off of The Bachelor, I almost feel like I was more open because I thought it was so cool. And I still think it's so cool that people cared about everything I was doing and my dating life and my friendships and what I was eating during the day. You know, like in my mind, I was like, this is awesome. And then I had a public relationship. And when that ended, it was hard because it was public. And I kind of felt like I was disappointing people or letting people down with that not working out, which we can get into that later. (laughs) <laughs> but Actually not your responsibility that's all entertained with your dating life <laughs> well I I still I don't know if it's just my Enneagram number or what but I do feel this like weird responsibility and so I would say I've, it's weird because I then I started this podcast which was all about me opening up about myself but I also was like I feel like I want to be private in some elements too and so I had to find the balance of protecting myself and what I felt comfortable sharing versus being a public figure in a sense through the podcast and social media where people could relate to me and wanted to feel connected to me. So it was like, how do I balance those two worlds, which there is a very fine line. As human beings, I think we do need some level of privacy, but at the same time, the parts that are most interesting about us are those private parts are not your private parts. I mean, some people (laughs) would find that very interesting, but (laughs) are the parts that are the behind the highlight reel. That's why people listen to this podcast is because they're like, we all are desperate to see 
behind mm-hmm. the scenes and what's like really going on with the breakup and like, what's really, yeah. going, like, what is she really eating day to day? You know, that's what we crave. That's what I we know. Want. I know. And so I kind of realized that I could be as open. So I've been in a relationship for two and a half years now and it's private. Like I don't talk about it. I talk about stories that happen, but I've never revealed who it is. And I've realized that I can be open about every single part of my life and people still want more. And it's just how we're created. Like I do the same thing. I hear about a story or like gossip and I'm like, I want more information. This is not enough to satisfy me. So I totally get it and don't fault anyone. But I did kind of have to say like, hey, this is my boundary and thank you for caring. Like I still don't understand why people are fascinated with me or my life or what I'm doing, but you know, I kind of had to protect myself at first. Yeah. And that's fair. You get to decide. I'm like secretly hoping that he walks through the door behind you. Nobody, <laughs> everyone who's listening right now can't see, but there's a couple of doors that and he could walk through one of those doors and we could reveal who this mystery man or woman. <laughs> I mean, now we're just starting. You never know. <laughs> you, just, you just never know. You never know. So, Okay. I want to check in with you and see, sort of do a temperature check. How has 2020 been for you? It's been good. It's been such a learning year, I think, for everybody. So I think when there's growth in who we are as people and how we're growing and our views on certain topics and like growing just from what we've been taught our whole lives and having a new lens, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So I've definitely felt that just absolute discomfort, like want to crawl out of my skin and just like go and disappear into like an island somewhere, (laughs) delete all social media. You know, I felt that feeling and it still comes on every now and then, but I kind of got to a place where I was like, this is such a, when have we ever grown this much as humans? Like when have we ever had the opportunity to read so much and research and learn from each other and actually come together through social media, which like I said, sometimes there is negatives to it, but it's such a place for people to bond and relate to each other. And even in your struggles, do it together. And so it's definitely been a year of changing and growing up in certain places, but also I'm an introvert. Like I love being at home. I love being on my couch I'm able to do a lot of my work from the comfort of my own home. So that aspect of it hasn't really been that challenging for me. Finally, an excuse not to go anywhere. But yeah, it's been good. I am hopeful that maybe the end of 2020 will be the shining moment. But none of us will ever forget this year. I I think we can all say that confidently. It's one for the books. I mean, actually right now I couldn't go because we were having this conversation, but my son is going, he's just turned five, has to get tested for COVID. I'm like, what is happening? He's got a cold. So of course they have to test him. And obviously I'm glad and want to be sure what it is either way. But I just feel like this year doesn't stop throwing curveballs and kind of gently asking us. to recenter and like deepen and find calm amidst all the chaos that is around us. Yeah. It's wild. It's just wild. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I was scrolling through your feed, which has a lot of really beautiful photos, may I add. And I landed on a quote that you had posted that I really love and would love to 
hear your thoughts on it now because I think you posted okay. it almost two years ago, believe it or not. Oh, it's doing the deep scroll. The yeah, deep you're scroll. deep. Yeah. So you said, I had a moment the other day that really changed my perspective on how I view my physical appearance. I was thinking no one has ever impacted me by being beautiful or having the perfect body. I'm impacted by people for their kindness, their loyalty, their patience, their generosity, their vulnerability. I've never said she changed my life because she was pretty and skinny. We spend so much time worrying about the thing that means the least to people. Do you remember writing that? Yeah, I have no, I mean, time is, means nothing to me right now. I think that was last year at some point. I was getting ready to take like a bath or a shower and I was looking in the mirror and I was just like, oh, like gained weight and I don't feel good about myself. I don't have this confidence that I used to have and I feel old, you know, just doing all this self-destructive talk. And I had a moment where I was thinking, why does that matter? I mean, I was thinking of how often I have this thought about myself where it's like a critique about how I look. And I've always thought, why do I remember people? Initially, I might see someone with a good body and I can be like, wow, she has a great body. She must have worked hard for that. Or she has amazing hair. Like, I wonder if that's all hers. You know, I do that thing. Just (laughs) totally. But like, I've never been impacted in a way that I thought that person changed me or made me feel a certain way. And I think about when I go to social events, how awkward that can be. I think we've all experienced that, whether it's like at a birthday party in high school or going to an event here, like in LA, there's this pressure of feeling like you don't fit in. And I just have to imagine that every single person that goes to one of these events here has that feeling. If you walk in alone, it's like terrifying. And I've always tried to be the person who, if I saw someone standing alone, go up and talk to them, introduce myself, even if the conversation goes nowhere beyond that, I've tried to be that person because I know what it's felt like to have someone come up to me in a situation where I was alone. And I remember those people. So I get so many questions of like, what do I do about being insecure about my body or my appearance? And my answer is like, no one else cares as much as you do. Your impact is so not based on how you look and you might inspire people. Like if someone's really fit, you might inspire them to work out and be healthier and live a healthy lifestyle. And if you don't have the perfect body and you're comfortable in it, you might inspire people to be comfortable with it. But that's not where your impact on the world is going to come from. That was just from an Insta story question where someone asked me about self-confidence. And that was my answer. And it's cool because it, I still see it circulating today. And it's nice because even sometimes I read it again and I'm like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I wrote that and I needed that reminder today. Yeah, yeah. We never kind of like reach that point and then never have a bad day again, right? We have totally. these realizations, but have to be reminded even ourselves of it over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I think so people right now listening would be shocked to hear that you ever doubt the way that you look. I mean, you have like piercing blue eyes, perfect skin, <laughs> body, all the things like white teeth, beautiful smile, like literally the full package. And yet you still spend time in front of the bathroom mirror when you're getting into the bath or the shower, thinking about how you could be quote unquote better. Yeah. To be honest, before I went on The Bachelor and before social media was so present in my life, I did not have these insecurities. I remember when I was first on The Bachelor, there were people who would be like, she got her veneers too big for her face. And I'm like, these are my teeth. (laughs) Oh my God. Are you serious? In my head, I'm like, 
I've always been told that I have a great smell. It's always been something I've been so confident about. And then all of a sudden, a few people make rude comments. And then it's something I think about. And it's just like, I have let myself be the victim of letting negative bully trolls get into my head and cause me insecurities that I've never had in my entire life. And I think that's kind of the harm with social media is that it can bring on insecurities that maybe you never had until you post a photo and someone criticize you about it. And I think a lot of times people criticize people just because they're miserable and they don't like something about themselves. So they say, I'm going to hurt someone else because I'm hurting. And I had to remind myself, you know, a lot that hurt people hurt people. And it's not a reflection of me if they have something negative to say or want to be a troll. It's just them. They're going through something. It's so much easier said than done when you see those comments. And I think people assume that celebrities are immune, like they don't read their comments or they just have this armor around them. So it doesn't get in, it doesn't impact you, but you see them and it plants little seeds, as you said, that then you can't unsee after somebody's, you know, something about that. And we do it even within ourselves. I remember talking to Caitlin Caitlin Bristow, mm-hmm. she said on her interview, I'm like so self-conscious about my face not being symmetrical. Like one eye is smaller than or lower than the other. I can't even remember because I never noticed it on her yeah. I've never seen it. And then that evening I was looking in the mirror and I was like, holy shit, one half of my mouth goes way up and the other one, like my face isn't symmetrical either. So we create these conversations and cycles among women where all of a sudden you see something. And now it's like every time I watch myself on video, I'm like, you have an Elvis lip, Erin. Like, get that lip under control. Isn't it weird, though? <laughs> the things that we criticize ourselves about and talk down to ourselves about are the weirdest things. Like, It's so bizarre. And so micro, like so, so micro. minute that nobody else would notice it. And yet we spend so much time zoomed in on that area, focused on that area, valuing ourselves on that space. Mm-hmm. So and how did you go from that spot of putting weight into the comments that you were receiving or just other people's perception of you? Or do you still struggle with it now of really feeling confident in yourself? I'm definitely a lot more confident once I got past that taking everything so personally and making it, you know, I mean, it's still, if I get a negative message, I think about it pretty much all day. And, you yeah. know, I, it's so frustrating because I will get a hundred nice comments and then I get one and that's the one I focus on. And I'm like, why doesn't my brain let me focus on the love and the support and the encouragement? I don't know. It's, I don't know if that's how we're all made or if it's just how my brain works, but I don't know if it's just growing, getting older. And I also feel there's so many accounts now that are so vulnerable and people talking about their insecurities and the things that have always kind of been, we need to cover that up with a filter or edit. People are saying like, no, I, I do have cellulite, just like 90% of women have cellulite yes. and it's fine. <laughs> and you know, it's just, I do have acne. I'm hormonal. I'm having acne. And those photos that you see where there's a filter or they're edited to look a certain way. That's what that is. It's a filter. It's edited. Everyone has pores. Everyone has things about them. And so I think seeing people talk about it more made me feel like, oh, there's power in that vulnerability. And I remember having a moment of thinking, it's so weird that just being a human being is considered brave because our whole society is based on looking perfect and having the perfect body. Like I remember looking at my body and being like, why doesn't my waist go down to 
five inches wide. You know, I was like, (laughs) can my body do that? And I don't think my body can, even if I pushed it to its limits, which I never would, but the false expectations have been brought to light of what they really are. And now people are saying it's okay to be human being. But I always thought it was funny that we're like brave if we post a, a photo without a filter or just natural. We're like, oh my God, you're amazing. Like, look what you, you know, but that's what our society has taught us that that is so rare. and so inspiring. Yeah. So do you feel pressure as a quote unquote influencer? And I mean, on your podcast, it's your voice that matters. It's your personality that shines through, but on social media and video and all of that kind of thing. I mean, obviously our appearance is the first thing that people notice. Mm-hmm. Do you feel pressure to uphold that standard of beauty on your own Instagram feed in order to get the brand deals, in order to maintain a level of, I guess, I don't know, I don't, like the influence that you have, or you don't care, you post what you want and who cares? I'm kind of both. So certain times where there's a brand involved or I want something to look really pretty or very aesthetically pleasing, yeah. I put more time and effort to it. I don't get me wrong. I love a filter that like makes the colors pop and like yeah. brightens yeah. things up. Like I don't really have a problem with that, to be honest with you. But yeah. when I start contorting my body and I remember I went through a phase where I had cystic acne. If you looked on my Instagram, you would never know. <laughs> I think if I went through that now, I'd be more like, hey, look at this, like someone help right. anyone else dealing with this, you know, because we've made that the space more open for people to talk about that. But yeah. at the time I was like, I just got to smooth it out. I looked like <laughs> some of those photos. I look like a wax figure. I like really <laughs> overdid it. But it's hard to deal with those things. And when you're in the public eye and you know that there's trolls out there, Mm-hmm. It's terrifying to put that out there, to be like, here's my full yeah. face of acne, or it's easier to do the face tune and mm-hmm. to brush it away. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think the amount of options that are out there to change how you look and alter your face and your body, it's terrifying. Honestly, the way that little girls are going to be raised thinking that they need to use all that to be pretty is a little bit scary, but I have moments where I'm like, oh, I'm going to put a pretty filter on this, or I'm going to like smooth this out. But then other times I'm like, in my head, I don't stress about it. I'm like, I'm just put it up. And it's not like you're not putting tons of thought into it. No. Okay. Since this is raw beauty talk. So I am not asking this at all from a place of judgment, but more so that there's real raw, honest conversation about what the process is before you post a photo on your Instagram page. Do you now, so you just said you sometimes use Facetune or an app or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes use filters. Like, do you whiten your teeth? Do you make your boobs bigger? Like, what's the process? To be honest, you know how sometimes you get someone that'll take a photo for you and they'll take like 100 options (laughs) and you have so many to choose from? And then other times someone, you ask someone to take a photo and they take three and you're like, I have to make one of these work. Yes. So on the ones that I have to make work, those are the ones that I'll like spend a little more time. And I'm like, how can I make this look cute or to where I feel confident posting it? Yes. I've tried not to alter my body or like skin as much as possible when I'm doing like just everyday photos, just because I'm like, what's why? you know, what's the message here if I'm doing this for every single photo. But yeah, there are times where I'll bring out the face tune. And like I said, I never want someone to see me and be like, you 
are not who you are on your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like yes. there's times where you see people and you're like, is that who I'm, I think it is. I'm not trying to even say that in a judgmental way, no. but just in a place where it shows how much people feel the pressure to change what they look That's like. That's it. That's yeah. all it is. And, yeah. and I guess I've always been fascinated as somebody who was so impacted by the images I was seeing at the time when I was in high school, it was like magazine images. Mm-hmm. And then we have the girls today, including ourselves, it's social media and it's like all these images that we're seeing. And so I'm so fascinated you know, that younger version of me would have died to have like talked to someone like you and being like, can you just tell me like what goes on behind the scenes in order yeah. to create images? And I think it would have been so freeing for me to know, okay, like Becca is obviously stunning and you literally need to do nothing at any point to your pictures. But hey, like she also sometimes does add a filter in and she mm-hmm. does like about her outfit and she has had moments where there were insecurities there and she's like wiped away the whatever it is. Yeah. It's weird though, because even just recently I took photos and in the photos, I was like, my arm looks fat. Then I saw a video in the same outfit, same moment. And I was like, oh, I look great. You know, like, so I think people need to remember to sometimes if you take 10 photos, there's probably going to be one that is not your most flattering. Maybe you change positions, but we all have bad angles or bad photos. And I agree. I just hope that even if people are using Facetune and filters or whatever, that they're just able to say like, this is what I did to change this. So I felt good posting it. So it looks good on my page, whatever, but yes. So it fit the aesthetic. So that, yeah. yeah. Cause I, mean, I think honesty with the editing is I think what people appreciate because mm-hmm. people text me and I'll be on Insta story using, I love the Insta story filters because they're all like, tan and you know gorgeous <laughs> yeah. and people around me be like how do you get your skin so perfect and I'm like oh this is a filter I'll send it to you you can have this skin too I promise oh <laughs> uh, I think it's so amazing though to talk about it and to yeah note it because you are a huge influencer and so obviously you don't have to do this but there's so much power in it when there's a little bit of a disclosure around what is being used, but also you kind of assume that in some cases that people just know you're like, I don't right. have actually have a blue butterfly on my nose right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they're asking, I can't help those people. If they're asking how I get a blue butterfly on my nose, I'm not going to be able to help them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, 
country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash raw beauty talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. Friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Put up your hand if you wear glasses or feel like your eyesight could use a little boost. I spend a lot of time on my computer and I notice that when I don't wear my blue light glasses, my eyes feel strained at the end of the day and I'm way more likely to feel tired. Since this show is all about helping you feel your best from the inside out, I'm so excited to let you know about Bailey Nelson, a modern eyewear provider originally from Australia, offering stylish, high quality and affordable eyeglasses, sunglasses, and they even have on-site eye exams. Having proper support for your eyes is paramount for good health. And it's also a nice bonus when they look so cute with styles to fit every face. All right, where are my teachers and students at? Just put your hand up for a second, unless you're driving, of course. This is for you. Until September 30th, all students, teachers, and faculty can get a complete pair of glasses from only $100. So if you're a teacher or a student and you're looking for some new glasses, head on over to baileynelson.com and I want you to use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS, that's talks with an S, to grab some fresh frames for the 2020 school year for only $100. That's baileynelson.com and the code is RAWBEAUTYTALKS. Talks. All right, let's get back to the show. While you've been in the public eye and navigating all of this stuff, has it had any impact? I mean, we've just talked a little bit about body image, but like, I feel like sometimes you see people who end up on these shows and then afterwards they lose so much weight. And it's like, you can tell they've really felt the pressure then fit into Mm -hmm. this mold. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that at all? Like being on the shows and. You know, what's so funny is that right after I got off of my seasons, my life was not all social media. I went back to work. I worked as a chiropractic assistant in San Diego. And after both seasons, I went back to work and lived a very normal life. Like I ate a ton of fast food. I mean, I ate horrible, but I didn't feel that pressure because my life wasn't my career. My income was not based on social media at that point. So 
I didn't feel that pressure. And even going back on the second season after the first season, I didn't really feel any pressure. So any of the weight loss that happened post show was actually stress when I started getting on social media. And it was not even that I changed anything. It was mostly like my body reacted to stress by like losing weight. And a lot of people were like, you know, you're looking a little skinny, but I never felt like I got to a point where I was killing myself to fit a mold, which I'm really grateful for that I was able to not have that pressure. I don't know if it'd be different now because the girls come right off the show and then it's into social media and bikinis and traveling. And I actually just found the photo from last September and I gained, I think I gained like 17 pounds. And I didn't know that I didn't remember that I documented any like photos, like showing my body. Yes. And, um, I just found it today and going through photos and I was shocked. I was like, wow, I, I almost was just, it looked like I just wasn't being healthy. I think I was kind of insecure. I gained weight without knowing it. It was one of the things where all of a sudden I put my jeans on and none of them would button. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or they buttoned, but they looked like they were about to rip. Open. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So just recently, and it was more about like, I have no energy. I feel horrible. I don't want to even get dressed up or go anywhere because nothing fits. So it was more about at first I was like, I need to lose weight. This is my job. I need to look a certain way. And then it became more about, this is just really about your health. You're getting older, exercise, get it together. <laughs> like you're you not a teenager in your body. Exactly. Yes. yes, yes I think yes. there's always this fine line between losing weight equaling confidence, but I think health equals confidence. Like I think when you feel healthy, you feel better all around mentally, physically. And so it's been seeing that photo. I was like, wow, I can see in that photo how sluggish and like, just not great. I felt about myself. So So that photo for you, which I'm so glad we're talking about this because I feel like photos can be one of the most triggering things for women and our self-esteem and confidence. It's like we see one 2D image of ourselves and (laughs) spiral. The photos and the scale are like the two things, but in today's day and age, like we see photos of ourselves in our phone or like you open Mm -hmm. up your phone, you know, when you open up your phone (laughs) to take a picture and it's facing you and it's like the most heinous angle ever. And you're like, Oh my God, is that actually what I look like (laughs) right now? We have a million of those triggering moments all of the time, Mm -hmm. yet it's just not encapsulating at all who we are as human beings. So you see this photo in September and Uh it's triggering and you're like, oh my God, what happened to me? I look sluggish and da da da. Mm -hmm. So did that motivate you to start on a health plan? And like, what have you been doing? So (laughs) pretty much since March, since like the pandemic started, I've been working out with a trainer three times a week and I cut out soda. I'm like a Dr. Pepper addict and (laughs) I cut out soda because I was so dependent on it for energy, like I think fake energy, whatever that is. And first of all, it it wasn't even so much about weight with the soda because I thought I should be able to have one of these and then not send me into, I need three more. You know, I should be able to have one whenever I want, but not be dependent on it. And so I gave that up for three months, working out with a trainer three times a week. And I just noticed my body change, but also I felt so much stronger. I had more energy. I wanted to get up out of bed and do stuff rather than just laying there until I was forced to get up and do something. And so seeing that photo today, like I said, I totally forgot I took it. And I went and looked at a, like a 
mirror selfie that I had taken, uh, I guess in June, after I'd been working out for a couple months. And you can see even just my confidence, it's significantly noticeable and yes. just the change of who that person was and how she felt versus now and how I feel even going through all this chaos in the world. It's like been the one thing that I've been able to focus on my health and mentally and physically and going to therapy. And it's just like, you know, it just feels good to all feel things. Yeah. All the things. There's something really empowering about consciously making decisions to support yourself and your wellness. And that shines through at an inner level in a much greater way than you could ever encapsulate just by looking at a picture. I mean, you probably know, like you've had those moments where anyone else would consider you to be stunning, where your body is like fitting in the societal norms of what is beautiful and you still don't feel healthy, Mm -hmm. confident or good in the way that you are. And so you, we just can't tell whether somebody is really, truly healthy and happy by just looking at them. It's a glow that you have inside. And it sounds like the process you've been on with the therapy, the training, Mm -hmm. really like looking at energy levels has been much more about that kind of holistic wellness. Oh yeah. I had a scale that I bought and it was in September. I bought a scale, I bought a treadmill and I was like, this is it. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get skinny again. I think that lasted for like four days of me doing the treadmill consistently. And um, I finally, like just recently, I moved to the scale into the other bathroom. I'm like, I don't need that. Like if I want to see like, oh, that's interesting to look at the difference. That's great. But I don't want to rely on this number to determine if I feel good about myself. Moving your scale into the garbage or another room (laughs) is like my number one tip for women because it allows you to stop focusing on this external number and start focusing on how you actually feel. Mm -hmm. And the internal world, which is where all the good stuff begins. So I love that you have done that. (laughs) Do you have any other tips for girls of things that have supported you and kind of tapping into that inner glow? Like you mentioned cutting out the soda, having a personal trainer, moving the scale into the other room. What other tips does Becca have? Something I'm trying to do lately has been daily affirmations because I notice that if I say things about myself that are negative, those affect me. So I figured why not try to say things that are positive about me? I assume they'll affect me the same way. So I've been trying to do that and just like, you know, I'm strong, I'm beautiful, I'm capable. My whole thing is I've struggled with having an opinion on my own because I'm so scared of offending other people. So part of it is like, I'm allowed to have an opinion. And so, yeah, I think a lot of it's just been a lot of inner work as much as it is physical. So moving the scale was a big deal because that was a mental block because I was focusing on this number. And if it didn't go down far enough, I'm like, I haven't drank soda. I've been eating healthy. I'm working out. Why is this number not moving? But then I put on clothes and I'm like, I feel good. Like my clothes are starting to fit better. My energy levels, you know, it's just kind of reassessing where I was putting my focus. And so, yeah, a lot of it's been learning about myself and how I react to certain things and learning about my personality type and just kind of diving into things that I've never actually put any effort into. Because I always just thought we're raised a certain way. We're taught certain things. And unless we question them or decide to study or learn more about ourselves, we stay stagnant the rest of our lives. And I realized I don't want to be 
stagnant. I want to learn about myself. I want to grow. I want to understand other people more and have more empathy and compassion for everybody. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's been a lot. I've really gone through like a whole process of physical health and mental health and it's been really good. I can see it. I mean, (laughs) it's really, it's amazing. And I love that tip on affirmations. And obviously I'm such a huge advocate of self-love being more than like the bubble bath or Mm the nice candle or the latte with a friend. It's like this deep work of getting to know yourself and honor yourself. So question for you, what is something that you have an opinion about right now that you feel a little bit nervous about sharing? It's, I guess, the opinions about anything. Literally, I made a list of my ranking Taylor Swift's albums yesterday and I got (laughs) so much backlash for where I put certain albums and I felt like even I responded I was like okay I get it everyone's really passionate you know I felt am I even allowed to rate Taylor Swift albums without people freaking out um so yeah that's how deep it goes but uh, lately it's been kind of um thinking about my I grew up very Christian conservative and so I've been going through like learning what I believe versus what Mm. I was just taught growing up and it's been a very uncomfortable process because you know for 31 years it's been this is how to think and now I'm kind of going what do I believe what do I see for my life like what do I think God has for my life beyond what people have told me because we're all humans and we listen to humans who tell us everything in every area of our life and it's kind of like doing your own research rather than just taking and I when I say I mean everything I mean everything we're hearing is from human beings who are flawed and I think doing our own research on things and what convicts us what makes us feel like we're doing something right what guides us is so important. And a lot of times it's hard. So we are just like, well, let's listen to people who are experts and we kind of forget ourselves and taking care of like our gut and like where it leads us, what our gut's telling us is right and wrong. And so it's been, let me tell you something. It has been a process. (laughs) A journey. I'm so glad you shared that because I actually just had a coaching call with a client yesterday who was going through the exact same process in regards to what she'd learned about Christianity for her. And some things weren't resonating, but it, uh-huh. because everything was so deeply ingrained in her belief uh-huh. system, it felt to her almost like the ground beneath her was cracking because everything, her beliefs, the foundation of her life. And then when you start to kind of peel back the layer on one thing it's like well is any of this true is anything even real like does anybody even know what's happening huge crisis right but in starting to ask these questions we really do peel back the layers of ourself Mm -hmm. and land somewhere and find you know what really truly resonates with us I mean, you're speaking my language today. I feel like <laughs> you're over there in your space doing so much work on yourself and not that you need to, but just out of curiosity and about really showing up mm-hmm. in myself. It's amazing and inspiring. Thank you. And I realize there's so many more people who relate to how I am and what I'm going through. And the more that I share about those things that make me uncomfortable to talk about, the more messages I get of people kind of like what you just said, this girl that you talked, it's like you're peeling back these layers and it it does. Like I have had that feeling of the ground falling out, but you know, 
it literally, it's like an internal earthquake of everything just crumbling. But yeah, I, I realized that anything that you're going through, I guess I would tell people anything that you're going through that feels scary and unsettling, there's so many other people that are going through it. So your fear of feeling like the only one is not real. Everyone's going through stuff. <laughs> well, my last question to you was if you could send an email to every woman of the world leave one message for women, what would it be? I mean, I think you just answered it, but I'll give you another shot if you want to elaborate or add anything in there. Oh man. I mean, there's so many things. It's like, I think one of my biggest messages that I like for women is that we can all cheer each other on without it being a competition. We can all be the cheerleaders cheering for each other and not tearing each other down just because of what society has taught us is that there's not enough room for everyone to be in the same space. And I've done so many podcasts specifically recently, and I'm in the same space with all of them. And I've learned something new from every single one because everyone has something different to offer because we're all different. Even if you have the same personality type or you connect with someone, everyone has something so unique to offer. So I would just say like, know that you're worthy and that you have something to offer this world that no one else has because you're you. And that would kind of be my, with a bunch of other stuff I said in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take all the clips and meld them together. But holy crow, that was amazing. Thank you so much for the light that you bring into this podcasting space and beyond. It has been such a pleasure to chat with you today. If you are listening right now and you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe, click the link, share it with somebody that you love to pass on Becca's message. Where can everybody find you if they want to tune in to your life? If they want to like eventually figure out who it is that you're dating, you know, all the things, Becca. (laughs) My podcast is Scrubbing In with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad. You can find that wherever you can listen to podcasts. On Instagram, it's Becca Tilly. I think that's really the extent of where you would find anything exciting because yes. I tried YouTube and struggled to do it consistently. So TikTok hard. is not for me. So um, <laughs> Twitter. I love Twitter, but it got too dark. So I deleted it off my phone. <laughs> Instagram and my podcast. <laughs> Twitter got too dark. Oh my God. Amazing. Thanks awesome. so much for having me. I love what you're doing. So I was really honored that you asked me to come on. Thank you. It was Thank so fun you. chatting with you. Yeah. All right, Raw Beauties, that's it for this episode. If you enjoyed it or had any aha moments or found it useful in any way, could you do me a huge favor? Could you copy the link and send it to somebody that you love? Or could you take a screenshot and share it on Instagram? Let your friends know about the podcast. Tag at Raw Beauty Talks. We will be regramming your posts. We love to hear what you think of the show. It means so much to me and it really helps me figure out which guests you're loving which information is the most helpful to you. And if you are a teacher or a student, don't forget to head on over to baileynelson.com. Use the code rawbeautytalks so that you can get a pair of frames for only $100. That's baileynelson.com and the code is rawbeautytalks. All right, see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, 
pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.